0: It's LaShonda from Labors of Love, and you are listening to the Labors of Love podcast. So today, it's just me, y'all, and I really want to talk about creative expression as a form of self-care. So I've stated a couple of times this whole season um, of the podcast, we really want to emphasize self-tending, self-care. Um, making sure that we're taking care of ourselves. Because if we don't take care of ourselves, our labors of love will not be sustainable. So a uh, avenue of self-care and self-tending that I have recently really began to lean into is creative expression. So I feel like in part, there's some backstory that I want to give. But before I do that, I want to say that I'm going to be talking about a few specific forms of creative expression, but I, I want this to be as broad as you can make it. I know that for a very long time, creative expression for me was limited to art, like drawing or painting. I think I would have lumped music, um like, uh, playing an instrument into that. Um, I think I would have even said that maybe like knitting or crocheting, um, always thought that there had to be like, um, something physical that had to result from it. But I want us to be so broad in our, in our, in our, um, thinking about this, any way that you can allow what's in you to come out of you, can be creative expression. I'm going to say that again. Anytime you can find an outlet for what is in you to come out of you, that is how I'm thinking about creative expression. So in some ways, this podcast is creative expression for me. Um, it is how I let allow and make space for many things (laughs) that happen inside of me uh, to find release, move out into the universe, the atmosphere, the ethos. And so I find that to be helpful. So today I just want to muse a little bit. I want to um, talk about some ways that creative expression has began to manifest specifically in my life. But I think as I'm talking, I might even happen across some things that I haven't even thought about. So I want to start, and I feel like I may have shared an aspect of this story before somewhere on this podcast, but when I was a little girl in kindergarten, I was faced with the question that many young children are faced with, and that's some adult asking, what do you want to be when you grow up? Now, I know I've said this, I hate that question, (laughs) because very often what people are asking a person when they say, what do you want to be when you grow up is how do you want to make money? And I think, yeah, that that's just often so many ways. So asking a child what brings them joy and what interest they have can be asked, I think in ways like that, that doesn't reduce how they be to some kind of profession. But anyway, So I was asked that question and I can definitely remember the first response I had was an artist. And what I meant by that, I'm pretty sure was like um, some kind of uh, visual art. I don't know if I meant painting. I don't know if I meant sketch. I I don't know, but I wanted to be an artist and I don't have a specific memory around what I drew. I, I have a really cool memory from kindergarten of, um, think like hot plate or griddle and then laying some foil down on it and then taking some crayons and drawing. And so it like melted the wax and that was really cool. It makes me want to go try that. Like maybe I'll try that after the podcast because <laughs> that sounds fun. Um, and I do have a memory of doing that and that, that was that was enjoyable, but for some reason, very young, I think still, while I was in kindergarten, um I drew something, and I didn't like it. I don't recall anyone else saying anything negative about it, but there was just something that I was like, "Nope, I'm not good enough, and any time I recall this story, it really does break my heart. It breaks my heart because oh, the poor baby, right. To, to to have this idea that I wasn't good enough at something or for something at such a young age when it's all about exploration and all that stuff at this point, it, it does sadden me. But I know that I did not think about or pursue any kind of art um, until what would have been about 25 years later. And, um, when I was working at a job, I was teaching at the time and, uh, teachers were paired with group leaders. And so I was paired with, um, Dorothy Robin, who is still a really great friend of mine. Um, and she was the art therapist and she would come into my classroom, help out in the classroom. I would go to her art, her art group, and I would help out there. And I remember, you know, part of it was my presence there, helping the young people, um, you know, things like that. And I remember picking up a book, a book that was like kind of a how to draw book that kind of gave you step-by-step instructions on how to uh, draw certain things. And I remember the very first picture that I was going to draw (laughs) was a fish. I don't remember what kind of fish, but it was a fish. And I followed the directions. It definitely wasn't tracing which, uh, uses a different part of the brain, but I drew this fish and I remember being so excited, like it looks like a fish and and Dottie's like, yeah, <laughs> it's a fish. And it was something about that experience that ignited this childlike curiosity in me. And so I wanted to create more. So different, uh, activities that the young people would do in, the art group, I would start to participate in. Now, the difference between that childlike enthusiasm that had been rekindled was I had lived a lot of life and some of my world views and behavioral patterns would show up in my art. Um, my need for Perfection, and one of my favorite memories is I think I drew a face. I don't know what context, but I drew the face crying, and I just remembered Dottie looking at it. And 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 you gotta hear me. This was very. It was so loving. Like she was not at all like making fun of me or anything. But she goes, Shonda, like who cries in straight lines? So look at it. And the tears I was drawing, they were like symmetrical and in straight lines. And I think that's just so telling about me, me at the time. But Dottie was this loving, caring, empathetic friend of mine who nurtured me through the creative process. What I mean by that is when I would get hard on myself and I would try to draw something based off of something else and it didn't look like it. She would always remind me, well, one, who's going to see the original, right? She would always try to help nudge me in the direction of, it's not about it looking like that. It's just about you being creative. Now to give a little more context, when I picked up those paintbrushes, when I picked up um, those pencils, I was at Um, coming towards the end of a very long, uh, and unhealthy relationship. Um, it was nearing the end of my marriage and, um, yeah, I, I can see the impact of my personal struggles and the, the lack of creativity that I was able to, to truly lean into um, another thing we had when I worked there is we had a pottery wheel. And let me tell you, I I really have to find a place where I can go and get on the pottery wheel. Um, it was probably the most therapeutic form of creative expression <laughs> that I have ever experienced. It is something about getting the clay ready and, you know, adding a little water and you're slamming on the tape. It's like this whole process. But when I would be on that wheel and feeling that clay between my hands, first of all, I don't remember the movie Ghost, really. I'm pretty sure I saw it, but I feel like even people who haven't seen the movie, we remember that like the the pottery wheel scene, right? And all I can say is I get it. <laughs> It is such an amazing experience to have my hands working a piece of clay into pottery. And, um, I, yeah, I, I've made several things. Here's an interesting thing that has come full circle, if you will, for me, when I would create, I had no intention of creating to keep these things that I was making. Um, I had no intention of, you know, I never really thought about it having use. Um, it was just really a way of getting things out. Um, I would in the midst of rediscovering this creative passion, if you will, um, the, my relationship, um, would come to an end. And that was one of probably the most tumultuous, um, emotionally everything experience of my life. And so, um, I left my ex four days before my 30th birthday, which also happened to be Christmas Eve. And, um, so when my 30th birthday came, it, it was rough. Um, and I had a support system out of this world And they threw me two separate (laughs) surprise birthday parties, which was really awesome. Um, And then another friend, I spent my actual, spent my birthday with her in Chicago. Um, But during these surprise parties, I had a lot of friends who were buying me art supplies, tons of art supplies, acrylics and oils and canvases, and just all of these things uh, really fueling into this space, which was amazing. However, my life had got turned flipped upside down, inside out. And so I didn't really have capacity to create. Um, So fast forward, you know, a pretty long time. I just, it's not that I didn't want to create in that way. I just, if, if I didn't have the inner capacity um, and I would sometimes get the inner capacity, but I literally didn't have the outer capacity, like no space to spread out and pull out paints and things like that. So when we were building our home uh, and we were working with our interior designer, I was very intentional of saying I need a space to create. And so Stephanie was able to create a space for me in my basement, um, kind of on the unfinished side of the basement. So it doesn't, I don't have to share the space with my children and their recreation areas. And it is so amazing. So Uh, several weeks ago, maybe, uh, you know, about a month and a half or so ago, something was happening inside of me. I can't really explain it. And I am a person who, I got a lot of words, (laughs) y'all. I don't not have words very often, but I was really unable to come up with words that could truly express what i was feeling i had done a really good job and have been building capacity to not have to give a value judgment to what i'm experiencing inside so it's not that i was feeling bad or it's not that i was feeling good i realized that those words don't they don't really have a place in my articulation of my internal experience but they were there And the best way I I can describe it is if, um, well, one is what I'm experiencing right now. There is a sneeze that is like playing with me right now. (laughs) I really want it to just come on out. um, And it's not. So if I'm taking these pauses and you hear it, it's because like a sneeze, it'll be like right there. And I'm just like, please come out. And then it'll regress. Or if you've ever had to burp, I can be fully transparent and tell you that as an adult, it is not uncommon. Well, I will ask my partner. I will ask my children, can you burp me? (laughs) And I need them to pat me on the back because sometimes things get stuck. Like I know it's there. I can feel it's there, but it's just not coming out. Well, that is the best way that I can describe this experience I was having. And my art area was not fully complete, meaning like there were a few things that need to be hung and things like that. But I was like, you know what? It is functional. And I have some supplies. I actually ordered myself a whole new set of like paints and things like that. And I went down and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to create. And I had no idea what was going to emerge, what was going to come out. Um, but the feeling of the brush on the canvas, and it was just, man, it was just, it just felt so good. And what ended up being created was, I would say, a, just a tree, um, pretty abstract in nature, but it really was um, this feeling of getting something out. When I was done, I didn't have any answers. I didn't really go into it with any questions, but it's not like there was clarity. It's not like I was looking for what is it that's in me. I realized that, you know, I can be pretty cognitive sometimes. Um, but I realized it wasn't about finding answers. It was just about finding release. And I felt so much better after having just created. So, um, In a group message, I sent a picture of what I had painted to my mother and sister. And, um, my, you know, my mom and my sister reply like, nice. So I ended up talking to my mom Well, my mom knew that, um, I had painted it because, uh, when i was downstairs prepping to paint i was on the phone with her and i just remember talking to her and she said, "Well, do you know what you're going to paint?" and i was like, "No, i don't know. I whatever kind of comes out." So she knew i had painted it, but my sister did not. She uh she thought i bought it. And i think that's one of the the highest compliments for me. It's like, "If you actually thought That I went and paid money for something I created. Um, As a matter of fact, during that time when I was creating um, in the like 2010 leading into 2011 ish um, time, I remember painting a lion for the church I went to. The name of the church was Lion of Judah. And I painted this lion and I kind of presented it to the church as this like a Christmas gift almost. And I remember um, the pastor receiving it. And it was like, oh, thanks. You know, this was really nice. Um, and then the same thing. Someone was like, you know, she made that. And he's like, whoa, wait a minute. You made this? Like, I really appreciate it. But like you made this. Like you thought I bought it. So I remember thinking at the time, like, wow, that's, that's probably, I feel like that's one of the highest compliments I can be paid. Like you actually (laughs) thought I bought that. And so that happened. So my sister was like, oh, like I thought it was really nice. I was going to ask you where you got it from. I thought you had bought it. And so they went on to talk about like, well, wondering what I'm going to do with it. Actually, it was right before my mom and sister actually have the same birthday. And my sister was like, that would make a great birthday gift. And I'm like, oh, it's yours, you know, because I never thought or think about what comes out of me as something that someone would want. So can we pause there? Can we take a lesson? (laughs) Can, can Can that be a word for somebody? Sometimes we are so accustomed to thinking so lowly of what is in us that when it comes out we doubt we we almost think that we are throwing up trash or that we are getting things out of us that are that's waste there is good stuff in us y'all so when we provide an outlet for things to come out it has value And sometimes it's hard for us to recognize the value of what's coming out of us because that begins to show us that we are still valuing what's in us. Mm, Yes. So that began, uh, uh, that gave me an opportunity to go, wow. Okay. So, um, yeah, I did that. And then I would say maybe a couple of weeks later, I began to feel something again. I still don't have a word to describe it. And I could use a lot of words, excuse me, that I think would just be placeholders. I'm, I'm getting more and more comfortable with not having to, um, actually qualify whatever this is, but it, the, whatever was happening inside of me, it comes with this restless energy And so, you know, I had an opportunity and I was like, you know what, I think I need to go create. And during this time, I knew that I wanted to, what I was thinking, I want to, I want to paint a sky. And I looked at like a few pictures for inspiration, but then I just trusted myself. And this was huge for me. You all, if, if you understood like how I would put a picture next to what I was doing and try to duplicate exactly what was there and get frustrated when it didn't look exactly that way. And I really began to lean into, it's not about perfection. It's about expression. And then I just kept repeating that to myself. It's not perfection. It's expression. It's not perfection. It's expression. And then I just trusted myself. Colors, what colors I was going to use, how I was going to blend. I I refused to go online and, and go to YouTube and Look up step by steps because I had to just keep telling myself and this is where I had to talk to my littles and I had to say, hey, y'all, it's not about making it look perfect. It's literally here is your space and time. I have just create this is for you, girls. This is for you. And when I tell you what resort what resorted was beautiful, that painting. I mean, I was like, wow, did I do that? And what I realized is just simply trusting myself to express, allowing my, give my littles the paintbrush. Don't get all caught up in my head. And I have some music playing. I burn a candle and I just go into this space. This has become such self-tending for me. My most recent, excuse me, creation um, was a sunset. And again, it was about, I I did have something for inspiration, um, but just leaning into trusting myself. And at one point I got started and I, I didn't like how my colors were coming out and I was about to get frustrated. And then I said, for why there, there, there really is no space in this process for frustration because why either continue to create and, and I was like, I just want to start over. And I was getting frustrated. And then it was like, so start over, <laughs> grab a new canvas. There is no wrong way to do this. And so I think buried in that part of my story is another lesson. It wasn't just my art that I would hold a picture up to and try to duplicate. It was my life in some ways I've never had any formal training, um, <clears throat> art training. Um, I think there are some pretty basic things you might learn if you have formal training um, using different mediums. And so, lacking that formal training, some of it is just curiosity and fun. Well, you know what else I didn't have formal training in? Being an entrepreneur. So, when I set out on this journey, there were a couple of people who were important to me, who I value, I still value, but I put them up next to me, just like I used to do those paintings. And at one point I was thinking, how do I duplicate this? How do I, how do I create this? And it was probably a year or so into my entrepreneurial journey where I had to go, "Mm -mm. if the world needed another so-and-so, God would have made another one. But he only made one Shonda. The world needs you. So scrap that. What what are you going to do? And so I really appreciate this form of creative expression for getting things out. I also realize that music, I now, okay, realize. I know this. I, I train this, I talk to people about this. Like, um, music matters to our nervous system. And if you want to upregulate, you might want to play things with high percussion, high bass, um, to kind of get you to move into your sympathetic nervous system. And if you want to downregulate, listening to things that are going to be more calming. Um, But just as a random aside, I was listening to some kind of relaxation music and it was not I don't know. It it was it was like, I don't know, some relaxation maybe spa music that I would listen to before, but it was something about it that was not hitting in a way I needed it to. And so I turned on some African tribal music and drums, African tribal drums and always That hit me in a way that felt like home in a way that I had never really experienced. And so now I play that when I am creating and just allowing this entire experience to come through. So that is one form of my creative expression. People might say, well, I'm not good at art. I honestly am, I don't think it's about being good at art. I think it's about Can you pick something up and allow what's in you to come out? One day, I didn't feel like going through the process of painting um, because it's a lot. You know, you get it set up and then you actually do the painting, but then you got to clean it all up. And if you want to preserve your brushes, you need to clean them and condition them and all this stuff. And so I just took some Sharpies and a piece of paper and, and it was just squiggly lines and it wasn't about what it looked like. It was, I just knew there was something in me that needed to come out can you let what's in you come out? Can you divorce yourself from the outcome of what it looks like and get curious about what emerges? So what other forms of creative expression are there? Another form that I have really tapped into um, and will have, have always, I think, tapped into is writing. Um, have not forgotten. <laughs> that uh there's there's a couple of books in me. I know probably around this time last year, uh late 2020, I made a very bold declaration and I'm like 2021, this book is coming out. And you know what? When I said it, I meant it. And then 2021 happened, and the lessons that I've been learning is slow down be still and just be. And so that meant that a lot of my writing paused um, in regards to like completing the book, but it is still a form of expression that I have that I get things out. What I've come to realize is I'm a poet and definitely I don't make a lot of bold declarations like I am this, or at least historically I didn't because that felt to something. I don't I don't necessarily know if I thought it felt arrogant, but it also felt like if I make statements like that, then I'ma have to like put my what is it, put my money <clears throat> where my mouth is, or I'm gonna have to um <laughs> I don't know, produce something. Then I realized no, I am. I am many things. And I am poetic by nature. So what comes out of me is very poetic. And I've been just sometimes trusting that when I need to get something out, I write about it. And the beautiful thing is, yes, what comes out of me has value, but it's also not always about other people's consumption of what comes out of me. Some things just need release and it doesn't matter if no one reads it. I go back and read some of the things that I've written and it's, it's so amazing how I can go back and read something that can speak to me in that moment, just like it did when I wrote it so long ago. Do you have a notebook? It could be in the form of journaling, just writing it down. It could just be doodling and sketching. These are ways, but other ways that we can use our voice. Y'all, I love to sing. I really do. I really love to sing. And um, I sang in a few, some choirs, I sang in the choir church growing up. Um, when I went to the university of Michigan, I sang in the gospel chorale there and I realized I really do love to sing. And there is something powerful about singing in community. I have a very strong voice. Um, and so when I was in the choir, my voice was very impactful in that soprano section, um, but I realize that sometimes I want to sing, but there's this fear. I'm not going to sound good. Well, sound good to who? And for what? And so I have been embracing girl, just sing. I'm, I'm not saying I'm up here recording anybody's record. <laughs> you are not going to find me on Spotify, but it is a way to let things in me get out. And so I, I love singing. I love dancing. And so it doesn't mean that I got to go out to dance, but can I just move my body to music? I, all of these are ways that we can allow things in us to come out. Um, building things. Now this is not something I do, (laughs) But I want to continue to talk about it for people who are like, yeah, that kind of thing is not, <clears throat> it's not for me. Legos are not my thing, but man, I have known so many people and not children who use Legos to create, to build, um, and in other forms of things, not just Legos, but people who like to create things and build things. So do you like to build? Can you build something? Um, What I find very interesting is uh, when Jay wants to create, so let's say he has something that he's getting ready to do that he knows is going to require creativity, he will either play NBA 2K, whatever year, or WWE wrestling, because in, in I guess the host of other games too, but in the, the things these games have in common is you can create your character, and so he spends time creating these characters, what they look like. And these things get weirdly and oddly specific, like all the way down to, you know, not just their facial features, but the kind of hair and the wardrobe and tattoos and this and that. And so that is one way that he exercises creativity. Um, My imagination. When was the last time you explored imaginative play? with yourself. Yes, I realize I am talking to adults, but instead of using all that wonderful brain power we have to think about all the things you have to do and to-do list, when was the last time you just allowed yourself to play? Imagine, get creative in your imagination. Um, I have some friends who are mu- mu- musicians, <laughs> and so whether it's writing music Um, or playing music, or just listening to music. There are so many ways through movement and through creativity that we can give space for those parts of us to come out. Because the reality is many of us, and I want to say this in as neutral a way as possible, not that it was good or bad, but just that it was, that for many reasons, oftentimes pretty well-intentioned, I would say, as children, we were steered away from things for the sake of fitting into a system. You know, our traditional school system is not designed for creativity. It's designed to retain information that's given to us and regurgitate it and get rewarded for it and all that stuff. So our systems aren't necessarily created for our creativity. So sometimes we had things that we were expressing creatively that got put into a box where the fire got slowly diminished. And so, but the thing is those parts of you, they're still there. Can you make space? Can you make room for them to express themselves? And I would, I, I know I'm experiencing, I've had a number of people also experience such surprise and awe when they go, oh my god, I I did that. I didn't even know I could do that. And that's because we don't oftentimes make space for that expression. So that's my encouragement. Can you be intentional about making space for creative expression? Allow what emerges to emerge. We don't have to force anything pick up a paintbrush and just whatever. It's not about what you make. And if you decide like, oh, that's not it, that's fine. But sometimes we predetermine, oh, that's just not me. Before we even, it might not be you right now, but maybe it is part of you. There is a part of you that that is how they would like to express themselves. So one other thing that I want to be real about and share, because, and I, I will reiterate, like I share... I endeavor to share so transparently because I know I'm not alone in so much of the things that I'm experiencing. But I also know that I'll say it. And I hope that by saying it, I can release some people from the shame or whatever it is they're experiencing that makes them think, oh, something's wrong with me, or I'm experiencing this alone. And I want to just talk because I also how this ties in is, well, I haven't been able to name specifically what was going on inside of me. Here is a circumstance that I found myself in that led to um, that first uh, art session or creative session that I had. A few years ago, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, four or five years ago, I guess I would say maybe three or four, I decided I wanted to be 40 under 40. Now I'm going to be the first to tell you, I have no idea really what that even means. I don't know the criteria. (laughs) I just know that it was a thing. Like I had heard about it. Oh, they're 40 under 40. And I realized, oh, that's 40 people who are under 40 years old. And that's all I knew who were being recognized for something. So growing up, I got awarded a lot. You weren't going to go to any kind of award ceremony and Shonda's name was not called multiple times. And I, yeah, I just, I got a lot of awards and I recognize now that that became a major part of how I identified value and worth. So um, yeah, so I'm gonna be 40 under 40. (laughs) And so recently um, the 40 out of 40 thing came out. Well, I wasn't on that list. <laughs> I probably would have been contacted if I was, right? But here it is. It's fine. Until I realized, well, I'm going to be 40 in a couple months. So then it hit me. I'll never be 40 under 40. And it was a very interesting time for me to come to that realization. I think it was a, a multitude of emotions that I experienced. Maybe some disappointment or in sadness. Um, there were parts that were like, Well, that's okay, you don't need it. There was part resentment, there it was a lot going on, but it gave me the opportunity to explore, Well, why is this so important? and that's when I've been able to sit with this increasing awareness of how much I put um, my value in what I was awarded, how people awarded me for things that I did and for feeling accomplished. And I just want to say that because I know I'm not by myself. Maybe it's not 40 under 40 for you. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's being recognized at your job. Maybe it's being recognized within your family, whatever these things are. I want to just say, first of all, that that's real. Like we don't have to, well, I'll say, a a few things that I would do is I would one, try to minimize it. It's no big deal. Oh no, it's fine. And it is fine, but I, I get to sit and have that moment. I get to recognize that, Hey, that's disappointing for me, but I also got to explore that I'm holding on to some world views about myself that I thought I had kind of worked through or had settled, but like, Oh no, that's that's this iteration of how it's showing up. And so I'm just sharing that one because you know I just feel like maybe somebody needed to hear that. Can we make space for all the feelings that come up? But then can we utilize that exploration to dig into whatever beliefs we're holding on to? Is Shonda only valuable when she is being recognized for something? And so um, as I get ready to close out, I've said this before, but I want to share again the three questions that I encourage people to ask themselves when they stumble up, stumble upon a belief. When we lean into curiosity and compassion for self, we're going to find some beliefs that we thought maybe we didn't have at all or we thought we didn't have anymore When you discover a belief, the first question I invite you to ask yourself is who told me that slash where did I learn it? When we actually take time to recognize where we pick these messages up from, sometimes we realize that where we picked it up from, they're not credible sources. Or we might realize that no one actually told us this thing, but we've absorbed it in our, our lived experiences. So who told me that and where did I learn it? The second question is, is it true slash is it still true for me? There are many beliefs that we had when we were growing up that were true for us at the time. Some of those truths and some of those beliefs were around our safety and how we had to engage in the world in order to be safe. And they were very real and true for us at the time, but maybe they're no longer true. So is it true? Some of the things were never true in the first place. So is it true slash is it still true for me? And the third question is, who is benefiting and who is being harmed by my belief in this? And so we explore, hey, who is, who's the actual benefactor of my belief in this thing? And, and who is being harmed if anyone, by my belief in this thing. And so that's, those are the questions I asked myself around this award. And that's when I began to realize that I absorbed growing up, that my value was tied to accomplishment. And then is it true? Like, Is it still true for me? And I got to say, it's not. I know it feels that way. Sometimes I live in a culture, just like most people who would be listening to this podcast, we live in a culture that says your value is directly tied to how much money you make, how many social media followers you have, what you're accomplishing. And I recognize those messages are still absorbable, but I got to say, no, it's not true. And then who is being harmed and who is benefiting from my belief in this? Um, I'm being harmed. My family is being harmed. My clients are being harmed. When I'm putting so much effort and energy into accomplishing the next thing or projecting an image of accomplishing instead of just being, being my most authentic self, moving in my healing so that I can genuinely be the healer that I am. When I can do that and begin to let go of that belief, then people will truly benefit, including myself. And so that's it, y'all creative expression as a form of self-tending and exploring our beliefs to help us let go of some of those limiting beliefs that we've been holding on to, many of which stifle our creative expression. So I thank y'all so much for tuning in. Never take for granted that you are spending time to intentionally listen to the Layers of Love podcast. I'm going to give a special shout out to Trey Angel, who provides all the music for the Labors of Love podcast, to my producer, Jay Sug of Instant Classic Media, and to you all. If you have suggestions for content or guests, please reach me at www.thelaborsoflove.com or on all the major social media outlets. Don't forget to head over to Instagram and like the... Instagram page specifically for the podcast, the underscore LOL underscore pod and our YouTube channel where all of our Therapy Thursday videos are housed. Until we meet again, you all be well.